from the banks of the mighty Murray and all across the Riverland. It's that time of the week, footy fans. Let's kick on. This week on the Kick-Ons podcast, we talk the season that was and the RFL grand final as the Redmark Rovers go back-to-back. Plus, we chat with Trevor Thorpe and look across all the grand finals across the grades. All that and more right here on the Kick-Ons podcast. That's right, we're back for the Kick-Ons podcast a week after the RFL Grand Final. And uh, joining me in our uh, season finale, as always, is Mark's Up's Nick Dillon. Dillo, welcome back, mate. And uh, have you recovered uh, from last weekend? <laughs> I have, mate. It was, a, it was a pretty warm day in the end and quite windy, obviously. So I found myself a nice little uh, area of shade and, and just moved with the shade all day, mate. So I just had a couple of quiet beers during the day and, yeah, it was an absolutely ripping ripping day down there at Loxton, mate. What about yourself? Yeah, mate, I was uh, I was there in uh, my professional capacity and, uh, yeah, massive day uh, covering all the grades down there. And uh, like you said, very, uh, very warm conditions and, uh, you know, not just for the players, uh out there in the game, we'll come to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, even uh, just watching on the sidelines, she was a uh, she was a bit of a slog. I could have done with some refreshments, but uh, being uh, on the clock, <laughs> un- unlike I wasn't able to kick back like yourself, mate. But uh, just interested to know, did any of that roll into a mad Monday? I'm I'm told you don't mind one. I, I don't know who you've been talking to, mate, but you're spot on. Um, no, no, we didn't roll into a mad Monday. I'm getting a bit old for it these days, Lindsay. It's um, yeah. I find it very hard to recover. But we had our, um, our presentations down at, at Cobby on Saturday night, so it was a nice little farewell, I guess, to the uh, most of the boys down there. And, um, so yeah, we kicked on down there for a little while, and it was a good night. Yeah, nice little segue there, mate. Yeah, kicking on. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly uh, has been a big week um, wrapping up all the action down at the uh, Murray Pioneer. You might say I had my own mad Monday, but for other reasons, uh, just getting all of it together with the coverage and all that. But uh, yeah, um, I guess like the, the big underlying uh, story to all of this is it's just a huge day uh, for the Renmark Football Club, uh, you know, uh, bringing home flags in three grades uh, out of the... Uh, the games uh, played across the Saturday, mate. So um, that that was probably the overarching one. But any any other storylines uh, pique your interest? Um, not really. I, th- I think you're right. I think that is the, the three flags. You know, that, they probably couldn't have asked for a really bad. I mean, they they could have won the 18s as well. I'm taking out four. And to be fair, they had, they had a fair crack there, as you saw in the last quarter. They, they came hard early on, and then and then Barry did really well to hold on. But to win three flags, you've got um, Brandon Willis's first year under 13 coach um, for the Rovers, and he's he's gone in there and, and won a flag with his boys. And from all reports, he's done a really good job there. Um, and then you got Campos B grade. You know they were always favoured to to win, given the amount of players they had during the year. Um, a lot of quality guys missed out, and they were able to bring some really quality guys in from the A grade too. So I think Waker actually did really well to challenge Remark for a little while in the B grade. Um, as close as they did and then the A grade yeah well it was just the story of uh, you know it happens so often doesn't it where a team will go through a year you know with one loss or zero losses throughout the year but there's a a team will come from behind and and knock them off on that final day when it counts yeah yeah it's just when when you're on you're on and uh, the Rovers certainly were so let's uh let's dive deep into the game mate and um look Renmark uh, certainly brought it early in terms of uh, getting their head over the ball, bringing that forward pressure. They were, you know, 
uh, way up on the uh, inside 50 count. Um, look, do you think getting on that front foot uh, really set the tone of the game and might have uh, maybe even caught Wakery off guard a little bit? Oh, hugely. You know, the, when the contested footy, they were first to the footy. Um, you know, it, from the sideline, it did look like they got a lot of free kicks and it did seem disproportionate. But then I guess when you consider when you are first to the ball, you are going to get a lot of free kicks as well. So, um, yeah, they they just won the footy, the hard footy. They ran harder. Um, and that that start they got, you know, they could have been up by four or five goals a quarter of the time. That was how dominant they were across that first quarter. And um, we sort of didn't know what the breeze was really doing. It was going across the ground for a lot of the day. And it, we thought maybe Wakery might come back harder in the second, but um, no, Remark did really well to hold from there as well. But geez, Remark's defence was unbelievable, weren't they? They've pretty much been the measuring stick all year, that runoff half back, but they just found another gear on uh, on Saturday. You know, uh, having uh, Timmy Wolford come back in, uh, crowned as the Willis medalist on the day, and you know, he kind of picked up where he left off, uh, you know, back there just before the, the COVID breaks. Uh, you know, he was sitting back a, a little bit more casually, but just the times that he chimed in with that clearance work and, you know, Fraser Sampson there early on as well, and it just inspired other guys. And then eventually, um, young Will Stockman, who's been building and building, you know, the back end of the season and just, yeah, just came uh, into his own in that second half, especially that third quarter. And, yeah, you just could not fault uh, the Rovers' defence. Yeah, and you mentioned Timmy Wolford there. Yeah, he just he dropped back and was just filling the hole, wasn't he? And uh, and Wakery, unfortunately for them, just kept kicking it to him. He was that loose man. They didn't man him up, and um, he took a lot of uncontested marks down there. And, yeah, Will Stockman in that third quarter, unbelievable for a young fellow to have that, that sort of composure. Um, you know, we're sitting there watching on the sideline going, geez, he's, he's a smoky here for uh, for the uh, Best on Ground Award, Murray Pioneer Best on Ground. I wonder what he would have been paying beforehand because I don't reckon you would have got great odds. But if I'd been smarter, maybe I would have found a bookie because speaking to Trevor Thorpe, he, he was saying that he was going to go to potentially go to Dusty Gordon and um, they were going to back him in to, to um, beat him on the day. So, yeah, maybe I should have uh, found found a local bookie, mate, and put some money on Will. <laughs> I'm not sure where you would find one. Uh, that Well, that maybe is a, a legitimate one around you'd be here. Su- you'd be surprised, mate. There's a couple floating around. <laughs> Indeed, and it's interesting uh, you mentioned uh, Trevor Thorpe there, who's going to be our guest later, and we're going to talk to him, and he is uh, probably the feel-good story out of uh, this uh, grand final. But uh, look, mate, just on Wakeree's side of things, look, they they were absolutely gallant. They never, ever chucked the towel in. And that third quarter, a few other things going their way, they would have been right back in it. And especially, I remember um, being... uh, uh, hearing the commentary uh, that 5RM provided. And uh, I remember uh, Trevor Nobby Norton saying, look, if Wakery get this first goal, it's game on. And, you know, they, they really uh, almost brought it back onto their terms there. And, uh, look, uh, you know, I think what kept Wakery in the game, and, and uh, maybe you saw it as well, but their, their back lines, uh, Steve Braun, um, Steve Hoisler, and Ben Venning, look, they uh, they rescued it there in that first half because, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Renmark's kicking there and, uh, look, 2-5 in the first quarter, if they, they hadn't been thrown off their game by those three fellas, well, you know, it could have been a different game. Yeah, they were under the pump all day and, and did a superb job, um, just like Renmark's back line. It was, 
it was tough to watch for them though because the ball was coming in so often and you, you just wondered if the damn wall was going to break. It probably never really did. I mean, remarking four, four goals in the last, but even still, you know, the, the amount of entries that were coming in and the quality of entries, you just expected that damn wall to break earlier, but they, they held their own really well. And you're right, that third quarter, you know, they come back a little bit, got themselves within range to to have another shot at it. But um, you know, I think they, they'd probably spent all their petrol tickets by then. You know, it was, it's tough work and that sort of heat and weather when, when it's windy as well, when you're defending and defending so dourly just to try and stay in the game and then to be able to find something extra to go on and win it as well. It was, it was a big ask. And I think maybe the uh, uh, well, the, the real gut punch to it all for, for Wakery was that goal by Tom Charlton uh, that kicked off the, the third quarter there and... You know, it just had all the makings of a classic goal, you know, deep in the clubhouse pocket, you know, the game, uh, you know, there to be won. And, you know, he's just uh, bombed it in and uh, got it done, you know. And, uh, well, I guess that's why he was he, he was the leading goal kicker um, for the RFL this year. So, you know, just a, a great moment there um, for, for a, a first-year player. And um, I guess we we got to take our um, hats off uh, to some of the bad luck stories uh, on the day. Um, young Cooper Mackerith, who um, uh, I yeah, I, my heart goes out to him. You know, his first grand final, and then to um, go off with a pretty uh, hefty ankle injury um, that kind of uh, really just um, almost spelt the end there for the Magpies, uh, didn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't actually see see him go down, uh, but did see him on the bench later on and. Um, it's it's never nice to go down the grand final because you just feel like you know you can't have that impact obviously that and you're helpless and you're watching from the sideline and um, and it doesn't help your cause obviously when you go a man down as well um, so you do feel feel for the young fella and but you know he, he he'll get his chance again you know Waker is a powerhouse of this competition so I'm sure he'll play plenty of plenty more grand finals by the time he's done down there at the Magpies. And you mentioned um, you know, the feel-good story, Trevor Thorpe. Another good one is Josh Howard as well from Renmark, mate, because he missed out in 2019 as well. I think it might have been, might have been a shoulder potential. I can't remember what the injury was, but he's he's come into the side this year as well and, and been able to get a flag too. So um, you know, he's probably getting towards the end of his career as well, a bit like, a bit like Thorpey. So it was nice for him to get one too. We're kind of into that part of the, the discussion now where we're talking about the post-game. And, uh, yeah, uh, young Will Stockman, uh, even after the siren, uh, a couple of uh, backflips uh, there and still had energy <laughs> uh, to, to, to celebrate like no one else there out in the field, mate. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was some uh, really great scenes there uh, for the Rovers afterwards. Mate, did you stay to uh, soak up the, uh, the Prezos? Stayed for a little bit. Uh, probably the big thing I loved was the fact that the B grade all hung around as well, obviously, and watched the game. And and yeah, they they were one team. Just sort of straight after the game, it was they still had their guarantees on. It felt like one team rather than two separate teams. And I really lo- love seeing that. Even you know the photos afterwards from Grant Schwartzkopf. You know, there's a big group photo of the whole whole bunch of them there. So that was that was really good to see. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, uh, great moment there. And uh, well, you know, it's nice that the uh, A grade uh, cleaned up that towards the end of the day. But the, the B grade is what we we're all there to see, weren't they? You know, those boys. <laughs> exactly right. That's, That's right. what sells the tickets, mate. Puts the bums on seats. <laughs> it does certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and uh, yeah, we just uh, have a quick uh, glance uh, across at the fellas uh, that received the awards uh, at the end of the day. So uh, Fraser Sampson getting the MVP for Renmark, mate. What would your take on his game? 
Although, yeah, he was just consistent all day, wasn't he? And I think we mentioned last week about how his season, um, he's gotten better as, it, as it's sort of gone on, particularly in the last month, month and a half, um, probably since the, the COVID stuff. Um, yeah, he's, he's been terrific and you know, a real class act back there. Uh, great to see him um, you know, win that one. And, you know, we mentioned all day, like just before, all day their defence was sublime. Um, and Wakery certainly had their share of entries inside 50, but every time... You know, it'd be Fraser running it out or Will Stockman taking a, a mark back with a pack or what Tim Wilford cutting it off. So, yeah, they were, they were pretty hard to beat. Or Harry Beavis, who I, who I thought played really well too. Yeah, yeah, I do uh, remember seeing uh, Harry running around down there and doing some great things. And uh, Steve Braun named Wakeries MVP. Uh, probably, um, yeah, yeah, probably one that a lot of people would have picked, I think. Um, simply being able to keep Wakery in the game there, and especially early on, but he just sustained it for four quarters, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And just ran out of uh, partners in crime, really, didn't he? Um, you know, Bron- Bronny, once again, another class act. You know, he, he can take those big marks, but he can also run off and create as well. He's, he's a big unit, Bronny. And, um, you know, he, he was pretty creative off halfback, I thought. And, uh, you know, he, he gave everything. And, I thought was probably clearly their, their best player. So that was a good choice. Yeah. And um, like Will Stockman, uh, we've talked about him uh, a fair bit already. But uh, look, mate, um, you've seen a fair few uh, RFL grand finals in, in your time. Uh, what do you think uh, in terms of uh, a youngster uh, blitzing the field in, uh, in, well, I think it's his first grand final, isn't it, for the Rovers? What? Uh, no, I reckon he played in... 2019 as well, um, but yeah, it's it's always good to see a young fella perform on the big stage like that. The last one I really remember was Ryan Shaw from Wakery. I think it might have been back in 16, 2016. He was best on ground, and um, he just burst on into that game and it was just everywhere. And, and Will was, you know, I I probably think the Remark one probably this this grand final could have gone to a handful of players, um, but really happy to see it go to Will. You know, he's he's had a pretty tumultuous couple of years. His his father passed, um, I think it was last year, um, and so their family's done it really tough. And uh, yeah, so it was really nice to see him come away with the with the flag after what's been a pretty pretty tough couple of years. Yeah, that's right. And it it was a day uh, for a lot of uh, Rovers uh, that uh, missed out um, on the 2019 flag and. You know, um, it also, uh, it's that long road through COVID that everyone had to take as well. Um, so it's uh, it's just great to see that we all got to participate in the spectacle of Grand Final Day uh, once again and as normal as possible as we could. Uh, but underlying um, uh, the big storyline there uh, about the, the Rovers getting that back-to-back and the first one since uh, 1981-82, but... The real feel-good story out of this is Trevor Thorpe. Now, just uh, before we cut the Thorpey, look, this fella, um, absolute gentleman fella, and having a, um, how would you say, it's it's been a long road uh, for him uh, to this flag, mate, and uh, I'd imagine you've played a little bit with him back in the day. Yeah, Trevor and I played our first A-grade games together. I think we've spoken about this before and obviously took very different paths after that, but we we played in a, on a Friday night game down at Berry and lost by 100 points and he got first best and I got third best and, uh, yeah, he went on to forge a very illustrious A-grade career and obviously spent some time at Westies. So uh, clearly much better footballer than I, but he's, yeah, he, he's done it all for Remark. He's been captain. He's been you know, that, that high-flying, um, you know, 
uh, mark taking uh, player. But he's also been the the, um, the general across halfback for them, um, and then obviously more recently done it tough with injuries and things like that. So, yeah, really happy for Thorpey. Yeah, indeed, mate. Uh, so we uh, caught up with Thorpey uh, just after last week's grand final win, and this is our chat with Renmark's Trevor Thorpe. Trev, thanks for joining us on the Kick-Ons podcast, mate. So uh, tell us, uh, plenty of celebrations uh, around the club on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, yeah, really good, actually. Um, yeah, everyone just come back to the, the footy club. And, um, yeah, and we had a pretty good time. So obviously, yeah, with the bees winning as well, there's plenty plenty of people up and about. So, yeah, indeed. Yeah, I imagine was, there yeah, was. was a good night. The only downfall was that all the COVID restrictions just made it – um, yeah, it made it a bit hard. Like you had to sit down every time you had a drink or wear your mask. And but yeah, there's still plenty, plenty of people back here, which is good. So we just back down. Oh, we've been here pretty much all day as well. Back at the footy club as well. So oh, yeah. fantastic! It's been, yeah, it's been, been good. So yeah, yeah, nice one, mate. Excellent. <laughs> well, first of all, well done uh, with the win on Saturday, mate. Um, but if we could talk a little bit about your personal journey to this flag, because. I understand it's been a long road back from injury. Uh, could you just tell us a bit what the last two years uh, for you has been like? Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much in 2019 um, when we won won the flag. Um, yeah, did my knee that year, so had a um, recon. Basically, did it round two, I think it was, um, and then yeah, had a recon and missed playing out in that um, that grand final that we won. Um, so yeah, obviously had the recon and then just the the long road to recovery from that, which is a twelve month process basically. Um, but did all the did all the rehab. I was pretty religious with doing everything and trying to get myself right to um, have another crack last year. And I probably would have been good to go if we had have started the season when it did. But obviously due to COVID, we didn't get underway. So um, yeah, I was itching at the bit to get get back out there again this year and have another crack. So yeah, but. Yeah, from now, my knee's, knee's been fine all year. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a long wait to finally get back out of there. But, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. So, And it's one of those feel-good stories uh, that keeps giving out of this grand final in that you were able to share a bit of a double celebration with your lovely wife who just coached Renmark to a netball grand final the week before. Uh, yeah, there was definitely. So, um, yeah, obviously with Danica um, coaching the, the A1 netball, um, yeah, she's the same. She's been a bit injury prone in that time as well. So um, she can't play anymore, but she she wanted to give something back to, back to netball as well. So she took up the coaching role last year and basically – COVID thing again she didn't get to coach and then yeah they won it last week and yeah it was good that we we could win it yeah yesterday as well um yeah have the double for the household and it was our little one's birthday yesterday as well so um yeah another another celebration there too so she got to spend the day at footy with us so it was good that's yeah. fantastic so it must be quite a busy household uh during uh footy and netball season then oh yeah yeah indeed um yeah we're always trying to juggle um yeah between yeah, both of us, um, we we get a fair bit of bit of help from Danica's granny just so we can yeah juggle trainings and whatnot. We both have trainings Tuesday night, so that makes it hard at times. But we yeah we got plenty of help from the outside, which does make it a lot easier. Um, but we kind of make it work as well. I think sport is probably both of our outlets as well. Um, obviously you live a busy lifestyle, kids and whatnot. It's just that time of the week where you can have. Have the time to yourself, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of parents that w- would agree about having that me time there. But uh, look, have the young ones uh, shown a bit of interest towards any sport? And uh, look, you, you know, um, uh, is it something you encourage uh, them um, towards? 
Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to edge them towards footy, <laughs> the way it's going these days, especially with the girls' footy up and about. It's, it's sensational. So, um, yeah, whenever we can, I'm always at the back with them. Um, our oldest one's five and a half, and she's probably a bit more into it than um, the other one, Lou. She, she was the one that turned three yesterday. But um, they're, they're pretty active kids. So, um, yeah, we, we kind of let them do their own thing. They pick and choose what they want to do. But definitely encourage them to be active and um, involved in, in, in something. So, um, but yeah, whenever, whenever we've got a, a ball in hand, they're always out there um, wanting to shoot some netball hoops or kick, kick the, uh, kick the footy around, which is good and pretty special. So yeah. Yeah. Just and run- ho- hopefully the boys stay out of trouble from that yeah. Monday. Nah, they're in good form at the moment. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll kick on. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I like what you did there, Trev. Very nice, mate. Well, that sounds like a good place to park it. So, uh, Thank you, Trev, for joining us on the Kick-Ons podcast. Thanks, mate. See you. Bye. So that was Renmark's Trevor Thorpe. And, uh, yeah, he did uh, – it, it was nice of him uh, to, to segue in uh, saying that the boys were going to be uh, having a bit of a kick-on of their own uh, on Sunday. And then, well, from what we hear, it did kick on into Monday, mate. But, uh, look, you've been doing a, a little bit of, uh, you know, you might say uh, sleuthing around. And you reckon you've uh, dug up some uh, pretty good uh, Mad Monday costumes, I hear. Yeah, others might call it creeping, but, <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> I do love a good costume. I've just been getting my own ready for uh, for our footy trip, and um, but I saw some rippers from Remark on on Monday, just on on socials, like Insta and everything like that. But um, probably the highlight for me, and I, I, for the life of me, can't remember who was wearing it. But one of the blokes is wearing a Happy Gilmore costume. He had the Boston Bruins ice hockey top on, the hockey stick, um, and the subway cap, I think, and then. Alongside him was Harry Beavis. Now Harry Beavis had the obviously he already has the long locks, but he had a fake beard on, he had the big white what um, overall type things on, and uh, was the Happy Gilmore's caddy. And it was just it was oh, fantastic. fantastic. It was a great little one-two number, and uh, <laughs> they obviously put a bit of time into that one. You like those ones where the planning's gotten into it, and uh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, well, the Happy Gilmore character would have been loving it because well, it's a caddy's job to bring him uh, either his clubs or his beers, right? <laughs> Well, you'd hope so, yeah. And I, I also love a group effort when there's, you know, there's a bit, bit of a thought process gone into it where it's not not just one bloke getting his costume. They've got together and said, all right, we'll do this together. No, I reckon that's always good value. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah. So, uh, look, can you drop any hints as to what uh, your costume is going to be? Or uh, is- <laughs> Well, I'm also in a, in a group and uh, it's my costume is based on a, on a movie. And right. uh, put it this way, I don't have to change too much of my own persona or the way I look. So, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that, mate. We won't give away too many, too many hints. I'm just uh, painting so many pictures in my own head at the moment. <laughs> it's uh, Fat blokes with beards. <laughs> Oh, Kenny does come to uh, to mind at the moment. Oh, so. Kenny. <laughs> Jeez, I haven't, haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, indeed. So, mate, uh, we should uh, get to some of the other grades. And uh, we talked briefly about the B-grade uh, grand final being the main event. And, uh, well, it was Renmark's to lose, really, wasn't it? Uh, going through a perfect season under coach Aaron Camplin there and... Uh, you know, I I did speak to Aaron um, just after the grand final, and uh, he sounded a little bit hoarse in the throat. To to be understand, you know, maybe just under the weather or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, he um, just yeah, absolutely proud of the guys, what they've done. But looking at it through the lens of what the clubs achieved, that was a big thing that uh, Aaron was pushing there. So 
you know, it's um, yeah, it started something uh, big down there at the Rovers, mate. And uh, yeah, you got to see the game. Yeah, I did. And I was, like I said earlier, I was really happy with the way Wakery played early on. They they really challenged Remark. I, I expected Remark to blow them out of the water earlier, but um, it didn't occur. Um, Kate Hilton is just going to be an absolute star. He, he was he was brilliant for them. Um, Aaron Thompson had, had another good game. Uh, you know, they just had a, a number of guys that were playing some really good football and, and just kept them in, in the hunt. Um, unfortunately for them that uh, the Rovers... You know, that class came to the fore in the end. Hamish Bigwood was another one. I thought played really well coming back from the Aga. First time I'd seen him play this year. So, But, you know, when you've got guys like Hayden Twyford uh, out there kicking five goals, he, he was uh, unstoppable up in the forward line, was marking everything, you know, getting it first grab just about every time. Um, and on a windy and tricky day, the way he was able to still manage to kick his goals, you know, could have been a little bit more wayward, but wasn't. Um, I thought he was terrific. Got a bit fiery there at times, though, didn't it, the B-grade grand it, final? It as, did, as that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that slow stoppage football can get a bit frustrating uh, to, and, you know, might test a few people there. But, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Wakeree really threw some, uh, some good heat at it. And what I liked about what they did was that they were able to, to back themselves in. They kind of probably knew that it was going to be a bit of a, an uphill battle. But, you know, the experience was there. Um, with uh, Aaron Thompson and uh, Jack Sutton as well. But, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, Cade Hilton in there as well and Will Hawke uh, was quite instrumental. So just seeing the those younger guys would have learnt a lot out of that and they're probably going to be the, the ones that we're probably going to see. Uh, you know, we've already seen uh, Cade Hilton do some great stuff in the A's this year, but they might be the guys we start seeing uh, next year uh, start to... Uh, earn their place up in the A's as well. So all a great learning experience for those young magpies. And uh, we should uh, move across uh, to the uh, uh, to the next grade, uh, which was the under-18s. Now, mate, I reckon this was game of the day, this one. This was just had my attention. It was just had everything in it, this game. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's someone um, that I was chatting to on the sidelines kind of just made me wise to it uh, that, you know, this is the one that a lot of people really like to watch on grand final day on uh, up here because it, it's just the, the best of the young talent coming through. And, you know, they, they don't hold back, do they? No, they don't. And it is, it's great to watch like this, A, because they don't hold back. B, there's a, the skill level there as well, because this is your, you know, your top two under 18 teams. Um, you know, it's a faster game than the B grade as well. So, yeah, it's it's almost you'd almost like to see them swapped around. So have the B grade then the 18s. That's that's the quality of it. And this one dis, didn't disappoint. You know, Remark had the lead early, and and credit to to bury that third quarter. They were they were playing some scintillating football, um, and we're just all over Remark there. And it looked like it was going to be a foregone conclusion that the Demons were going to run away. But I think the Rovers kicked the first two of the last quarter. Um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, got themselves back in front for a little bit there, but very, as they, they have done for a lot of the year, and not just this year, but previous seasons as well, found found a way, and it was good for them to uh, to bounce back after that um, that loss in 2019 as well, uh, sorry, 2020 as well, so um, a great result for them. Yeah, and talking with Tom Jolly after the game, he, he conceded uh, to me that, he just had to let it, let the boys go. He, there was nothing that he could do in those, that last five minutes. Um, it was all them that carried it all the way through. So you you love hearing when coaches uh, are, are so open about that type of stuff, uh, and you know just letting the uh, 
letting the young chargers just uh, steer their own destiny there and being able to be accountable for it. And, uh, you know, it, I guess in some ways it might be good for a coach to be able to let them have a bit of ownership, but at the same time you'd, you'd be just be biting your fingernails, wouldn't you? You would, but at the same time I think he, you know you coach them during the year so you can get to that point and when, when the chips are down that they're able to perform and step up and, and play their roles really well. So you know, they were challenged. Um, he's obviously let them do their own thing and sort it out themselves and, and they, they were able to respond and as a coach he, he I'm sure he would have been he would have been more proud of those that last 15 minutes than any other um, you know, time than throughout the season so um, the good teams always respond and, and they did so that comes back to their work during the year you know the way they trained and um, you know yeah, I think that's a, that's a credit to them so and uh, just looking at the best players I, I didn't know a huge amount of the the, the guys that were running around out there, but uh, it looks like a lad by the name of Lucas Laurie uh, was named best on ground for Berry, which is fantastic. Um, then they had Saxon, Caddy Mitchell, second best, Darcy Minchella, who, who I do know, big tall fella, kicked, kicked a couple of goals for them. Mitchell Folds is among the best as well. And then for Remark, Jordy Gatteletta, um, topped off a great season, same with Jordan White um, and Judd Hanson too. So tough, day, tough uh, game for Remark, but, you know, these under eighteen grand finals, like you mentioned, mate. That's what that's what we're here for. Under 18s in the B grade. Yep, that's it, mate. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, and uh, also after the game as well uh, with the MVP awards uh, going out to uh, Rory Maroney uh, from Berry, and uh, you just mentioned Jordan Gadaletta there, who was Renmark's MVP as well. So well done to those yeah, boys. Interesting that Rory didn't get in Berry's best players. I, I mean, I know him a little bit because I, I do know Rory. Um, I thought he was in. You know, in an under as he normally is, um, but yeah, it's uh, interesting. Sometimes you people see see the game differently, don't they? Yeah, that's right. And uh, also, uh, young Archie Holtham from Berry was able to get here his moment, receiving his um, RFL under eighteen joint best and fairest uh, himself, <laughs> and also uh, Jordan White of uh, Renmark there. So uh, good that um, yeah, these young guys who. Uh, Missed out having uh, that recognition on a Willis Middle night. Got to do it afterwards, after the game, uh, which was great to see. And uh, Archie actually played a pretty good grand final. I remember seeing him slot a goal off a really, um, like, one-touch clearance out of the centre. And, uh, yeah, you, you see those moments and you understand straight away, um, yeah, uh, why he's uh, probably got a uh, Best and Ferris award. Definitely, Matt. So that brings us to the under-15 grand final and uh, Barmer Monash getting up there in the uh, the 15s over Berry. Uh, that one there was by 29 points. And, uh, yeah, uh, look, uh, the Roos just too strong all day. Um, led, led all day and then really put their foot down after uh, half-time. Yeah, as to be expected. Um, you know, you've got uh, the young fellow Campbell Marks kicking, kicking four goals and if you kick, if you've got someone that kicks three or four goals in under 15 grand final, you normally go on to win. They're not normally hugely um, high-scoring games, so um, so to kick four in the grand final is a tremendous effort. So, um, you know, had Barry kicked straighter, perhaps the result could have been a little bit different, you know, one goal eight, but still, you know, credit to Barmanisha that they took the foot off in the last quarter, and yeah, uh, you know, and rightly so. You know, they had the match sewn up, and it was a little bit of celebration time for them. So, well done. Yeah, they're probably just uh, enjoying the win. And, uh, you know, we talked with uh, Steve Marks, uh, the Barman Monash coach afterwards, 
And, uh, yeah, uh, these boys have just been uh, just laser-focused on getting this result. Uh, he, You know, he said basically uh, in, in the run-up to this game, we just left no stone unturned. The boys knew what job they had to do. Really, so um, you know, it's it's uh, good to see that there's uh, some really good young blood coming up through the ruse down at the lakeside. Definitely, definitely, and yeah, it was. We've got to only remember that they didn't field an under eighteen side last year with the COVID stuff. So um, for them to come out and win the under fifteen flag, that's you know more quality juniors that will bolster their eighteens next year, um, puts them in a really good spot. It does, and uh, we should acknowledge the uh, MVP awards uh, that went out to Rory Moore from Barmer Monash and Barry's Deegan Corman getting the nod there for the MVP awards. So, yeah, you know, mate, look, uh, you know, it's always disappointing uh, to win a grand. Uh, sorry to to come up second in a grand final, but uh, look, you know. I've lost a, a junior grand final myself and, you know, it's not the end of the world um, for a lot of these younger guys who, you know, might have a fair bit of uh, their hopes uh, pinned on it. But, uh, look, it's it's just more encouragement to, to get up and go again, isn't it? It is. It is tough, though, as a young fellow. I remember losing grand finals, even semi-finals and prelims and being just in, unconsolable, you know. Like, it's just <laughs> – it was everything at the time. I think probably more so back then than these days, I think. Back in the day, kids probably threw themselves more into their football than they do nowadays. But, yeah, it's, it's never easy to, to lose them. Um, but, you know, it's good to lose some as well. You don't want to go your whole career going through your juniors, winning every single grand final you go out and play because you get to senior football and when it gets a bit tougher, um, you've you got to know how to play when, when you're challenged. And and uh, quite often those players that do win the whole way through don't, become better players as they get older you've got to learn to to deal with loss so um, I'm sure those Barry kids will bounce back for sure yeah and uh, we get across to the uh, under 13 grand final that kicked off well a red letter day uh, for the Redmark Football Club Uh, the 13s getting up and this one mate a real surprise result because uh, the Roos they were red hot favourites going through undefeated through the minor uh, Minor rounds and, uh, well, yeah, the Rovers just brought it and, you know, right from the start, the three-goal one first term and Barmer, well, just a solitary point. So they asserted their authority on the match quite early and, uh, yeah, um, never let the Roos get into it. Yeah, I think, you know, you go back to that um, to that second semi-final between, between these two teams and um, Remark obviously uh, did number on... on Palmer that day by eight points was was an upset. Like you mentioned, they went through undefeated. So um, you, you expected it to be a lot closer than than the end result. You know, Palmer led at three quarter time in, in that game. Um, so you know, we expected you know, that that grand final to be closely and hotly contested. But as you mentioned, first quarter pretty well all over. Um, Remark got the jump on them and and didn't look back. And um, you know, it's a uh, it's a great thing to see. You know, some some. Good little footballers out there, and I say little. Some of the, those under 13s footballers, I look at young Lachlan Keynes, who's just you know he's a he's a giant of a lad, and um, you know if he, if he can take that next step um, in the under 15s going forward, you know he's going to be a really good asset for Remarks Juniors. Alex Schumann um, is a kid who um, is the son of Dean Schumann, who obviously played at, at West Adelaide, and um, you know he's a he's a little goer as well, just really 
zips around the packs it and uh, gets his hands on the footy. So um, a really good result for the Rovers there. Yeah, and uh, young Alex uh, also picked up the MVP award for Renmark and uh, the uh, league best and fairest, uh, Brody Scordo, uh, getting the MVP for Palmer and Monash. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a massive day of football and, um, yeah, uh, and, well, you know, it'll always go down uh, history, uh, you know, gets written by the winners. But, uh, look, just in, in general, it was uh, a great, culmination to uh, a, a big season and a different season um, that we've probably uh, seen in uh, Riverland football for quite some time, mate. And uh, yeah, what, what's your closing word on season 2021? Just honestly, I'm, and it's probably get taken the wrong way, but I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad we got through it because, you know, after last year, only getting the juniors underway, no female football, no independent football, no senior football. Um, and we had our moments this year where it didn't look like we were going to get get through. To be able to get through the season, you know, fairly well incident-free, get through the grand final day, which is a fantastic day out at Loxton. They put on a great show. Um, I think we can look back pretty proudly as a, as a football community and just have to say well done to the league and the footy clubs for being flexible, you know, doing everything they had to, doing all the, all the protocols and everything they had to take on as far as the – COVID um, planning goes just to get through this year. So hopefully uh, next year we'll get the vaccination rate up and everything, but um, we'll be bigger, better and stronger for it. So um, well done to everyone involved in this year. Yeah, I've got to uh, sympathise with you there on on all those points uh, because that's what makes a season go around, doesn't it, is everyone working together in lockstep to get these uh, seasons run and done and – you know, just just for the players out there that have uh, you know had to hold tight on on their seasons, you know, um, you know, week to week whether they would play or not. So we've got to say thanks to all the players um, that have uh, fronted up week in week out. Doesn't matter if uh, you didn't make the finals or not, just making it through this season and uh, you know uh, staying committed to the jumper has really just. Uh, well, it, it's brought the community back together this year and it, it's been great to see. And uh, we've loved every minute on the Kick-Ons podcast talking to everyone that's uh, had their time to, to be interviewed or, or um, yeah, you know, with, with all our shenanigans because, well, they make the show, <laughs> don't they, uh, Dillo? Exactly right. Yeah, and it's, and it's been fun, hasn't it? I mean, it's obviously uh, a new venture for you and I. You know, we've both done podcasts and you know, this will work before, but for, for you and I to come together, I think it's um, it's been a bit of an eye-opener and it's been, been really good fun to get to know you a little bit better, but also it's been just great um, talking about footy every week. You know, every Friday we get to catch up and, and chat footy and um, discuss all the you know, ins and outs and all, everything that's happening. Um, and that's that's what uh, footy's all about is, we're both footy lovers, so yeah, it's a, it's a good gig. That's it. We love talking about it, and uh, especially uh, with this being my first season of covering RFL football for the Murray Pioneer, mate. It's been uh, well. You, you've taken me on a fact-finding mission of the Riverland to every corner. Uh, you know, uh, whether it be to, to club to club rooms to to stats to to who knows who and uh, the history of it all, man. It's it's been uh, fantastic and. Uh, working with you all season and um yeah mate it's uh yeah who, who knows where we'll go next season 
That's it, mate. We'll leave the door open and uh, we'll see where we are at this time in, in April next year. That's right, mate. So, yeah, thank you very much. And uh, we'd like to also just uh, just to wrap up and say thank you to everyone that's uh, downloaded our podcast uh, this year. And, uh, yep, they're, they're out there forever now. So you can go back uh, anytime and uh, download your favourite episode, listen to, you, to your favourite uh, interview there. So you can do that on Google and Apple Podcasts. So... Thank you uh, for downloading the show and uh, thank you for everyone uh, that's uh, got behind the Kick-Ons podcast this season. So we're out of here for season 2021. We'll all see you next season right here on the Kick-Ons podcast. Download this podcast on all your favourite digital platforms and hear when the Murray Pioneer and Mark's up are coming to a club near you.